Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. Also in the house, we have this Justin, Justin Kenny, Nikki Ward, and Jared Bocart. These are resident millennials. We'll get their point of view. I know some of you out there will care about their point of view. We all care about your point of view. By the way, Justin, Nikki's got a nickname. I was just going to ask. That literally was what I was thinking just now. Okay, well, the nickname is the Stock Snowflake. The Stock Snowflake? We're rolling with it. Stock Snowflake. That's that's okay? I didn't name myself. She can't name herself. She didn't like Lefty. No. Surprisingly. I don't know why. I I, I love it. There's nothing wrong with Lefty. Beats me. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us in our uh, second podcast. It is episode two. You'll find it on Spotify or wherever. There's a bunch of other places. We hope to be very soon on um, Apple, Apple Music. So I think you have to, I don't know, I think you sell your soul to the devil yeah. to be on Apple, something right. like that. Absolutely. Okay, so we can do that. I'm we'll assuming do they like us enough to put them on there. But that, You know what? They, I, I don't listen to podcasts, but I've heard some real crap out there. I love podcasts. I, I do too. I know you, that's a, you do, you really yeah. too? Yeah, huh. I, don't, I don't listen Emmy to them really that much. at the dinner table is not loving podcasts. <laughs> no, she's, Justin, she's, you just like them because you have two screaming kids. I like anything other than wow, wow, wow. <laughs> anything. Well, thanks for joining us. It is uh, Thursday, April 23rd. And this morning, the uh, jobless claim data for the week came out. 4.4 million more jobless claims. That's on top of, I don't know, do the math. It was like uh, all in five, six million. million. How much, all in what? 26 million is in that the goodly? last five weeks. 26 million. Yeah, you do have a, a mic stand, by the way, Jared. Oh, I do have a mic stand. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You could adjust that. Uh, all in 26 million, and we're not done yet. Nope. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, the market is, is, is just shrugging it off. Yeah. And the market has had a decent day today. And it's really had an exceptional month. In fact, this is uh, so far. Look, we have another week left. But so far, the month of April is the best since October of 2011. Go figure. I know. So and a lot of things happened over the last week. And we'll talk about several of those. We can't talk about all of them because we want to keep this. 20 to 30 minutes. Yep. That's a standard attention span for a millennial. <laughs> I, I don't know. Me too. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let, let's talk about, uh, you know, this is, Justin's been in the business quite a long time, uh, myself as well. Uh, Nikki and Jared, they are within, you know, a few years in the business. So certainly you haven't seen it all. And, and you know, I thought I'd seen it all. I know. Until what happened this week with the price of the oil's futures and these are contracts oil contracts in the may the month of may that expired i think tuesday at two o'clock was it tuesday yes tuesday at 2 p.m and now first time i've ever seen anything like this and the uh the chairman of the cme the chicago mercantile exchange said that commodities have traded negative he said the natural gas has i've never seen i'm it. sure it has we just i can't think of a single time in, in my career that i saw it but we're not talking just negative. We're talking negative like, $37 yeah. on the May futures contract. So, you know, what that really means is it, it's not just, yes, they were trading paper that day. They were, because think about what this meant, folks. You are wanting to buy a futures contract. They're going to pay you $37 for contract. Now, contract represents 1,000 barrels. 1,000 barrels. Which are 42 gallons per barrel. Okay. And this is a physical, this is actual... The commodity. Physical, you're buying... You're buying Oil. Yes. You're yes. buying uh, black gold, Texas yeah. tea. Okay? We yeah. heard that before. Yeah. No, the millennials haven't heard that. No, no. Okay. Uh, 
You never heard that? No, I have. Oh, the Clampets? We have. Okay. Oh, the Clampets, I was no. just talking about this yesterday Black with hole, a client. Yes. Oh, were you? Yeah. Up, well, up through the ground came bubbling crude. That's it. Exactly yeah. right. That's, how, that's yeah. how Jed made his money. Yeah. Jed Clampett. And they got their, their uh, cement pond. Yeah. <laughs> you got to watch that. Have you seen that, Nikki? No. Okay. Was you got to watch it. What, what, what show is it? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. I was an Ellie Mae fan. Everybody was an Ellie Mae fan. Woo. Anyway, so the price of what this meant was I want to buy an oil futures contract that expired that day, and they were paying me $37 per. Mm-hmm. So basically $37,000 they're paying me to, to take, take, take 1,000 barrels. But here's what happens, though. At, at 2 o'clock, guess what? Your oil is yeah. on its way to Cushing, Oklahoma, yep. where you got to physically pick up 1,000 barrels of oil. And we talked about this yesterday. Jared made a comment. Oh, geez, for that, you could have uh, emptied your pool out. I doubt yeah. the EPA I mean, would go for that. There would I mean, probably they be... They wouldn't know. <laughs> they, would, they wouldn't know until it seeps in the ground and, yeah. then, and I get a class action suit and Aaron Brockovich goes after me, you know? Right. So, so basically, what this means is, it, it's crazy, all right? I mean, they're paying you $37,000 to take 1,000 barrels of oil. What a great deal that would be. This is, this is where 2020 has left us right now. A, a roll of toilet paper is worth more exactly. than a barrel of oil. Now, the chairman of the CME says that this is all paper trading. I do believe that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, at 2 p.m., if 2 you own that contract, own you owned oil. Yeah. You owned some black gold. Black gold. And, and one thing is, why did the price go negative? That's the question. Now, you know, think about it. How many times in the last month have you filled your tank up with gas? Also to the airlines, not flying, Twice, yeah. passengers. There's no demand. Exactly. And although the Saudis and the Russians said they cut production 9.7 yep. million barrels per day, That's they lie. It was like 10% right. regardless. But yeah. you don't trust the Saudis or the Russians? No. Really? No. That's weird. So, I feel like Vlad's a very trustworthy person. Sure, sure. Or, uh, Vlad. Vlad. <laughs> so, um, Is that what they're all named? Negative $37, and I think it ended the day up a few bucks. You know, it was positive. But yep. people, what they did is that if you, if you bought... You got $37, and, and let's say an hour later, you sold it for negative $7. You made $30 you, in between. You kept the spread. You kept the spread. So Somebody now, had a really good day. Somebody did, and here's the problem. The reason they were paying you is because they physically could not take on any more oil. Right. There's nowhere to store it. Nowhere to store and it. And storage costs money. Capacity. We are at capacity. Yep. And I didn't realize that really the, the only hub right there is in Cushing, Oklahoma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the oil storage hub. Imagine how big that place is. So, Massive. you know, that's, that's, that was a problem, obviously. And it was really interesting because, you know, we took, we, you know, over the last week, I've been kind of accumulating some energy exposure for clients that could assume that kind of risk. And, it, it's, and I'm buying it in a fund anyway. I'm not buying individual stocks because I think there are going to be some bankruptcies in this business. I mean, that's right. some mergers and acquisitions. Well, this is officially the time that you're supposed to take advantage of these situations. If the if the oil market doesn't know whether to shit or go blind, exactly, get in. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know what? Again, I, I made this quote last night on my Facebook Live appearance. Warren Buffett said, buy when there's blood in the streets. You exactly. can't get much more bloody than negative <laughs> $37 a barrel. So anyway, that's what's going on. Uh, it, but meanwhile, though, during that day, the energy stocks were up. So that, to me... And the energy stocks are up today. They're up today. And, and that, Massive. to me, is a sign that the market clearly, uh, as far as energy stocks, are going towards the bottom. Found, found their way to yeah, the bottom, I think they found, I think they found their bottom. And 
look, doesn't mean they're not going to struggle, but nope. I think when you buy something like this and you this is a tactical trade, if you do buy something like this, you have to be sure that you have time on your side. Mm-hmm. It's it could be a short-term trade. Sure. I, I looked at my positions today and my one of my positions that I bought at one of the pricing early pricing is up 30%. Right. In a week. No, and again, this is this is when it's, you know, You've you've got to be able to tell the difference between a trader or a broker and an advisor. You know, a trader or a broker is going to sell out. They're going to take that profit. So, so you know, again, let's let's move on because we know oil has been a disaster. Uh, and we do manage money for a living. This is what we do. We all in this room are registered investment advisors, which means we have fiduciary duty over your finances, your accounts, your portfolio. So we have to, by law, do what's in your best interest. We would do that anyway, but. It should make you feel comfortable because you mentioned the term broker. Right. You know, a broker would say, hey, let's buy a thousand shares of Marathon Oil. Hey, I'm going to charge you 200 bucks for the trade. Right. That's not what we do. And then they don't get to charge you again until. People can say that they're they're fiduciary. They would act that way anyway. But and then they don't go get their 65 or their investment advisory license. And it's like, why wouldn't you? If you're already going to be a fiduciary, you might as well make it on paper. Right. It, well, yeah. And, and you know what? I think for the most part, all advisors and brokers they're all trying to do the right thing it's just the the few nobody's out there trying to lose money no no i mean look if especially with us since we are advisors and we work on a fee basis our only objective is to be on your side of the table correct we want to make you money uh later on this show we will have the millennial moment by our own snowflake (laughs) miss nikki ward uh so this uh this question to be directed towards our millennials okay uh justin you're not a millennial right i i missed it by Two years. You're Gen X. Yeah. Okay. I'm the very last year of Baby Boomer, 64, but I consider myself more Gen X. No comment. Uh, Okay, Boomer. Is that how this works? (laughs) Okay. So uh, these layoffs, uh, I I know I'm seeing it with some of my friends, but a lot of most, not like 08, 09. No. A lot of my friends are still working. So you guys as millennials just entered the job force within the last several years, you know, last few years actually. Are you seeing that in your circles? Are you seeing job loss? Are you saying seeing that they didn't have, they had no money, they're living paycheck to paycheck, no matter how good their jobs were? Are you guys seeing that in your demographic? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you got to think a lot of the millennials' jobs are in entertainment, restaurant industries, which were the hardest hit. Um, so there are a lot of people that I know that are uh, out of work right now. Um, I'd say it's probably more like a 40-60 split of people who had money saved up and who didn't. Um, about 40% did and 60% did not. Um, we'll see what happens, how, how long they can last. A lot of my friends have said June. but I'd say anyone that was in the hospitality industry, their job's decimated. They're out of luck at this point. And hospitality is so cash in hand that I don't think that those are the people that necessarily had a savings or a safety net to fall back on. But I will say that I also know a lot of people who have transitioned seamlessly into working from home and doing more of your satellite work. And so it's kind of a split. What do millennials save their money for? Just Avocado uh, toast. Yeah, guacamole. Yes, avocados. Mm-hmm. Starbucks star- coffee. Yeah. Starbucks <laughs> coffee. <laughs> and you know what? And hip, hip library hip, fees. Hip eyewear. Yeah. And you know, part of the millennial moment today is going to be discussing about saving as a millennial and, and maybe not blowing money away on I don't know what a Starbucks coffee costs. One of the, I think more importantly, cap- what do tattoos cost? I that's feel like true. that's really been know. a... Well, uh, huh? I would not know. No. It's been a while. Yeah. You have one? 
Oh, that one. Okay. The one I see every day. So, yeah. I, <laughs> yes. I guess it's, it goes right by me. Hey, I want to just uh, let everybody know that the show today is being brought to you by Fuel Barbecue out of Sanford, Florida. Beautiful downtown Sanford, Florida. Uh, if you want real old school, low and slow smoked brisket. I know, Justin, you're in my camp. The Burnt yeah, Ends. Absolutely. You got to order the Burnt Ends. Uh, there's a pulled pork, ribs, and chicken. Do yourself a favor. Check out Fuel Barbecue. It's at the corner of Park and 2nd. As I said, in downtown Sanford, the team at Fuel serves up only the highest quality smoked meats, <laughs> along with delicious, delicious selection of scratch. I just scratch cooked I, sides. You know, I just smoked meats. It's just, it's just funny. It's funny. I, I get it. I, I am a little bit uh, sophomoric. So um, I like the smoked mac and cheese. I, I like the sweet potato fries. I, I don't know if they're on a full menu right now, but I'd like to find out. I'm going to I'm going to run down there maybe this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I don't know because I ordered the same thing. Yeah. What I order is on there. So I don't know. Okay. Anyway, check out fuelbbq.com and they are their hours during this crisis is noon to 8 p.m. So you can call in. Get your order and pick it up curbside at Fuel Barbecue. Thank you very much, folks at Fuel. These guys are awesome. So the uh, we know that uh, the employment numbers were a disaster. The market is shrugging it off. We we talked about, and I'm going to just bring something up real quick. This morning, I know, Nikki, we were having a discussion about sequence of returns. And you were a little bit surprised. When, Astonished. Which we actually did the numbers. And, and Justin, I know you kind of made her really visualize it. But keep in mind. The market from peak to trough, from the peak it was in February yeah. to the trough of March 23rd, was a decline in the S&P 500 of 34.5%, the Dow 37 So let's call it 35%. Sure. Okay. And now we're up 25% before today from off the, the low. Off the low. Off that low. Now, when you think about it, oh, we're only down 13%. But if you put your money in at February in the highs... Let's just make the numbers easy. And Justin, you got you uh, you were actually well, I, demonstrating it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, just just to make the numbers simple, if you if you started off in uh, February with a hundred thousand dollars, then you ended up at sixty sixty two thousand. Let's make it thirty five percent. Make it sixty five thousand. Yeah, sixty five thousand dollars. Now to get back that thirty five thousand dollars that you lost, you're going to need roughly a fifty percent return to get back there. Right. Right. I mean, that's close enough. So so think about that. We dropped. 35% we're calling it, but you're going to need a lot more than that just to get back to break even. Back to zero. And that surprised you, Nick. It did because it's an abstract concept that I'd heard before and it's been used in analogies and that was a good way. But it just, when you did the numbers and I've experienced this drop and it just blew my mind. Well, and the other thing is I believe if you were down 35%, it's going to take you a long time to get back to break even. It certainly probably is not going to happen as quickly as the fall did. Right, because think about <laughs> sure. think about where the market is and where it was with earnings. Yep. All right, cuz you know, stocks move on earnings and or anticipation of earnings. So, we are not going to see those earnings. So, you know, to to have a stock trade, you have to have assign it a multiple, a PE, in other words, it's synonymous with multiple. But you need the E part for the PE. You may yep. have price, but you need earnings. Earnings. And the earnings are going to be in the toilet. So I find it it's going to be very difficult to get back to break even from the sequence of returns. And what that means is, hey, it depends on where you when you put your money in. So you may have to work that much harder. I know, Jared, you found a piece yesterday. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have really definitions of it, but it was interesting it's on how if you, if you sold 
a lot of people, and this is one of the main reasons why you need an advisor. It is. You need to be, sometimes, as an investor, you need to be talked off the ledge. Definitely. I mean, you have to be talked off the ledge. We, luckily, we have really, really sharp and great clients, and they do, they do listen to us. The nice thing is a lot of people have been with us for a long time, and they've been through a, a drop like this over sure. the last couple of decades. But we had those calls. Mm, yeah. So do you think we should go to cash? Do you think we should sell out? Yep. And it, it never fails. that the, You get that momentum of calls, the biggest amount of phone calls, right at the low. Yep. Especially people when they're older or looking sure. probably within a 15-year time period of uh, going into retirement. They're like, oh, no, well, I got to protect my stuff now. It's just well, like, I mean, I think 15 years is not such a big deal. But if you are within five years, you really get nervous. It is. Yeah, you're all, even 15, though, you're thinking 50. Oh, man, I, I can't afford to take this huge drop when I'm looking at retirement or starting to plan for it. At 50, I mean, that's usually when right. most people start to really start thinking about it and turning the corner. Well, and luckily, luckily that uh, the clients understand what's going on and, and because we do have some bright clients. It also helps that we communicate with them, not just when things are right. falling off, but on a regular basis, telling them what's going on in their portfolios and talking to them about the moves that we're making. That's that's a great point. We did make it, we did make it a, a big point to call everybody. Yep. And we wanted to make sure that, and, you know, it wasn't about, hey, your portfolio is doing this. It's how are you doing? Right. Checking in on their health, making sure they have that precious commodity toilet paper. <laughs> yep. Although, so. although if they said they didn't have any, there's really nothing we could do for them. Yeah. <laughs> Out of luck. We, we're not. <laughs> hey, we are we're willing. sitting on a pile of toilet paper that we're not sharing. It's a valuable commodity. Yeah. It's a valuable commodity. It's worth commodity. more than a barrel of oil. So, uh, or yeah, or a barrel of monkeys. Yeah. Or whatever. Okay. You probably haven't heard that term, millennials. Uh, I think I heard it in Toy Story. You did? Yeah. They have the, the little toy the barrel monkeys. of monkeys. Yeah. Okay. And it's now, it's time for, because we are about uh, halfway through the show, and you know, I, it's great, we have great advisors here, and the, the, t- the two youngsters, and while I say they're young in age, they really know a lot, and they're learning a lot about the markets, and what's going on, and how to deal with clients, and I love it, first of all, that you guys are going through this. Yeah, what a great time It's a great experience. Starting. I mean, you know, you, Nikki, you've been with us a few years now, you know that it's all been fairly good up Definitely. until now. I mean, the fourth quarter of 18 was a little bit tricky, but that was... That was not a big deal. But now you're actually talking to clients when they're nervous and you're, you're helping them through that. You say, listen, we're okay. And, and that's part of the reasons why, you know, we're more tactical. We do different things. That's why if we invest in specific sectors, it is to try and gain that alpha. And alpha is outperformance. That's yep. what we try to achieve based on the risk tolerance and the objectives. But it's time for Nikki, the Snowflake Ward with her millennial moment. So I think I'm going to take today... And use a lifeline, one of our older advisors in the room, because I think that personal finance is really important, as well as something that we're not taught in schools, we're not taught to balance a checkbook, nothing about budgeting. So if I could ask either of you. Who balances your checkbook? Patricia. Patty Button. Absolutely. She probably balances she your checkbook so too. About, what are you talking about? She taught yeah, me so much about it. it. Are you serious? Absolutely. Hey, my parents still do it. I just look at the app. And well, I assume it's I right. That it's, yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. All right. So people do balance your checkbook, I guess. Apparently so. So you learned how to balance your checkbook. I did. I don't have a checkbook to balance, but I, oh. if I did, I would know how. <laughs> okay. Which Patty also thought was insane that I didn't have personal checks. Well, I had, I do. I'm ordering them. So. Yeah. Are you right? Okay. I, All right. Go ahead. All right. Move so on. if you could go back and give your 25-year-old self some advice, some tips on how to save money, not live paycheck to paycheck, what would you say? 
not by that stereo system at 29% interest. I was thinking it, I'd have a hard time getting over trying to warn myself about which girls to stay away from <laughs> to think about finance well, at all. No, I, I made some bonehead moves. I mean, I always say, oh, you go to the stereo place, and that's when CDs were really kind of CDs. Wow, the sound of a CD was great. Oh, the sound quality so justified compact. the expense. For yes, sure. I mean, we I went from the, from the cassette tape. You know, I, I, by the way, when I was cleaning up my mom's office, my mom passed away last year. She has a stereo in there. It's got a cassette and an 8-track in her office still. 8-track? 8-track. Wow. Yeah. That was the first 8-track I ever saw was when I went into Eunice's office. office. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I, I, if anybody wants it, I'll... I, I, who could even... It's a vintage relic. Yes. I had uh, an antique. Kiss. Kiss God, Alive? It was, it was uh, makeup before them on the album cover. I had that 8-track when I was like L- 8 Love years Gun? old. I, Maybe Love Gun. Okay. I couldn't remember. All right, so Nick, so what I would say at 25 years old... Aside from buying stereos that you'll never end up finishing paying for, because hey, it's zero interest for six months, so I'll get it paid by then. Never. Uh, it's starting early. I mean, this is the uh, look. I started to make money in my late twenties. I mean, it's just some decent money, and it really, if if I had started early, I'd be much further ahead now. And that's that's the key, I think. No matter how small, but starting early is the most important element, I think, at twenty-five years old. With time on your side. Absolutely. For sure. I, I read something early in my career, and it happened to apply at that particular time, that um, between the ages of 21 and 28, the cost of cigarettes. Now, at that time, cigarettes, I assume, were probably significantly cheaper. I would say it was probably around the $2 Ooh. a pack range. Right. I, I don't know what they are now. I have no idea. Thankfully. Um, if you put that money away and earned just a reasonable return, the the power of the compound would, would put that at like over a quarter of a million dollars by the time you reach 65. Just the cost of one pack of cigarettes wow. a day between 21 and 28. The longer you wait, the less compound you get. But at that at that particular time, that's what it was. So, Nikki, you deal with a lot of the millennials. We do have millennial clients. You deal with them. So and if you're dealing with clients, they have money put away one way or the other. So they have 401ks or they have IRAs. I would definitely say talk to your employer, maximize that retirement fund if you don't have an option through your employer, open an IRA, start putting away, what would you say, 3%, 6%, where would you? Well, if you can max out the IRA, max it out. It's going to be a personal prefer, personal decision just based on what your expenses are. But, yeah, you got to start somewhere. If you're young, you're $5,500. $5, so you can you just got to make the decision whether you want a Roth or you want a traditional IRA. It depends on whether you need the tax break now or you'd rather have it tax-free later. And you mentioned earlier the uh, pay yourself first rule. Could you talk to us about that? You know, it's. Um, I remember I I was just getting out of college, and a guy came to me from Al Williams. Al Williams used to be these basically insurance schleps. Yeah. But he convinced me into putting twenty five dollars into a mutual fund on a monthly basis. You just start, and and that really and that helped. I mean, I did have some money put away until I blew it on something else, but. Another stereo. Yes. Drum set. The drum set, probably. Yeah. But the, the key is here is um, if you put that money, even if it's whatever it is, and you dollar cost average, and you have time on your side, and you have that long period of time, you're go- there's no way over time that you can lose. Sounds like a great investment to me. Sure. So... I really appreciate all the mentoring <laughs> and advice that you guys give us, as well as all the jokes at our expense. <laughs> okay. But I mean, they're not that funny. I do catch some jokes as well. I mean, we all do. We do. 
I mean, you definitely we can't just, have thin skin in this office. No, that's for sure. All right. Are you done with your millennial moment? That was my millennial meltdown. I am done. All right. That was Nikki, the snowflake ward. I think it's a stock snowflake. It's I mean, I'm just. All right. She's, yeah, stock, don't. Stock snowflake. Can't name yourself. All right. Listen, earnings are coming out. We're seeing, uh, you know, really earnings as expected, not as good. Although Netflix gained 16 million users. I'm not even remotely surprised. Yeah. But then didn't shares fall that day? They did. And they were back up yeah. today. Because even the CEO, or I'm not sure who it was, but came out and said, you know, don't read too much into this. We don't know how long we can sustain this growth because not, you know, there's going to be a time where we're not at home. He's like, we want this to be over, but while it's happening, we're glad we're here for you. And Carol Baskin. You know, I... uh, Tiger King definitely helped. Yeah, Tiger (laughs) King helped. I, I have to tell you. Uh, Courtney, what is that show that you got me watching? Hot something hot? It's, it's too hot to handle. Oh my god! It's the worst. It's the most. It, it's make. I'm losing my IQ points. Are dropping every episode. Mind numbingly stupid. It is absolutely ridiculously stupid. And then you realize you're six episodes in. You can't stop watching. I, now, no, now, you can't now, give now, up now. Now. now I'm invested. <laughs> right. So and it's because I get up in the middle of the night and all week yeah. I've been up at two thirty, four thirty, and four thirty. So. I'm already, I start watching the news a little bit. So I can catch the news at six o'clock. So let me watch a couple episodes of this garbage. And uh, it, it is really some serious trash TV. What time are you falling asleep? 11. And waking up at 2.30? Yeah. Man. Well, because I'm drinking 100 ounces of water a day. 100 ounces And of literally, water. I have to get up to go to the bathroom three times a night. Yeah. And that third time, if it's later, if I had a few hours of sleep, my body's saying, hey, you're good. I don't know if it's the pan- the, the, this pandemic or what, but I, I read something about people suffering from uh, insomnia insomnia, mm-hmm. insomnia during this, this whole ordeal. And I thought about it and, and I realized like I have been getting up at four and five o'clock lately in the morning, which is uncharacteristic for me. And I think maybe there's something to that. I think I blame the pandemic. Uh, you can Everybody's blaming That's the pandemic. Yeah. That is going to be the scapegoat. Why well, not? Man, I gotta tell them you, them and the Houston Astros. You know what? And they're not even getting any punishment right now. That's what really ticks oh, me off. I was so disappointed. If the punishment is this season, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, it is. All the suspensions are. So it's gonna be real, lifted. And it, it, yeah, if there's no baseball if there season, there's no baseball. It doesn't matter. All the suspensions are done. Nothing happened. Yeah. At least you have something to watch tonight. Yes. Oh, by the way, this is gonna be one of the happiest days of my life. Yeah, you well, said the, that earlier. The Miami yes. Dolphins screw up the Three, draft. Yeah, they're again. not gonna screw it up. I like this coach. <laughs> You can't you can't work under Belichick not learn something. You're welcome. And he was there for Tell 15 years. Tell that to years. Matt Patricia. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we wind things up here, McDaniel's. McDaniel's. He's he's. You know he what? He tried. There's a reason he went back. He exactly. He couldn't realize he couldn't do it. Without before Bill. we before we wrap things up, I want to thank you guys for joining us, and we're going to talk real real quickly. And uh, this is our second episode, and it is being taped as we speak. It is uh, in the Tapes. afternoon. Taped. I'm sorry. Old school. You guys don't even know what that okay, is. Boomer. Yeah. It's being recorded. It's uh, after two o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday the 23rd. So obviously things change in the market, and uh, right now we are up. But you know, keep in mind that it's going to be news driven. Who knows? I mean, we last Friday was the first up Friday I'd seen in many weeks because people are afraid. The traders are afraid, not people. Investors don't don't mind because investors are investors. They're in there for the long haul, but. Traders are afraid of holding long positions over a weekend, and what if something really? Oh, the numbers, the curve turns. The curve, this, right? You know, yeah. you know, they try. They're trying to stay ahead of the curve. So, um, we'll see what happens as the state of Georgia wants to reopen their economy. I know that uh, the governor in the gym. I'm, you know, in Georgia, I'm the I'm the first one to say I'll go to a restaurant because I don't not care. Me. 
Not me. I'm out of restaurants. I'll be there with I, you, Lee. I'll be there right but now. But a gym, it does make me a little ner- I don't know how they can control the sweaty and, you know, unless you have the Clorox wipes right there. Don't know what they're going to do about that. I'll be working out outside. Yeah, I have no desire to go into a gym. I, 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 I didn't really before this pandemic. But I'm not going to a gym. For all I'm not going our to a restaurant. listeners as well, any questions you have, please let us know. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to talk about it. And we all have emails. Uh, it's it's Nikki, Justin, Jared at StockDR. I am StockDR at StockDR.com. The office number 407-831-8002. We will do free portfolio reviews. And I want to give uh, uh, head, uh, hats off to Billy Denmead, who has recorded this song. This is a great song. It's called Next to You. You can find it on everything. Spotify. He's on Apple Music, although our podcast Maybe is not we'll yet. Inspire to be him. But we'll catch Hashtag you. Goals. We'll catch you next week. Everybody have a great weekend. See ya. We should be talking.